And go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 5. Mark, chapter 5, or as they'd say in, the, in Australia, Mark. I have personal experience with being called that, where they remove the R, place, replace it with a ah. Uh. Father, today we're so thankful for your word. Holy Spirit, we give you place in our lives, in our service. Do what you want to do and say what you want to say. We open our ears to you now. Give us revelation and understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. I've always been one to desire the move of the Spirit of God in my life. I'm drawn towards it. I think about it a lot. I pray that way. Uh, I listen to him, to what he says, best I can. I listen to his voice. I do it in my life. I do it in our services. I'm always paying attention, always listening, because I, I want activity. I want spiritual activity all the time. I believe that God does move continually, that he wants to show himself and reveal himself continually in our lives, in, our, in, in local churches all over the world. And so I do what I know to do to pay attention to that, to listen for His Word. And I don't, I don't despise the, the gifts of the Spirit, the movings of the Spirit. I love uh, stories of revela- people having revelation, the Lord showing Himself up strong and and revealing things to people visions dreams angels heaven encounters uh all kinds of moves of the spirit of god i I have been for a long time i'm i have a a drawing towards these kind of things some might look at me and think i'm strange for that uh but i'm telling you i'm still going at it (laughs) i'm not i'm not not changing in that regard I don't live in fear of being deceived, okay? Some have gone way into the ditch on one side of this, and anytime they start hearing about visions and, you know, Jesus appearing and revelation and miracles and all these kind of things, they're they're concerned so much about uh, demonic activity, you know? Oh, we got to make sure that's not the devil, (laughs) you know? Someone speaks in tongues, we got to make sure that's not of the devil. You ever heard people talking like that? Uh, I'm not concerned. I just, I'm just telling you, uh, I'm not talking about being gullible. All right. But you know, the scripture says over in first John chapter four, that we should test the spirits because they're not all of God. We shouldn't believe every spirit, uh, but we should test them to see whether they are of, of who? Of, of God, not to see whether they're of the devil. Are you listening to me? In other words, in our quest and desire for the move of the Spirit of God, we're not looking for demons. And we're not afraid of them. We're not not overly concerned that someone might do something wrong, so we better back off. Because some in that quest have backed off so far where God's not doing anything. And there's never any move of the Spirit. There's never any manifestation of God. And people aren't getting their prayers answered. And people aren't getting healed. And there, there isn't a, a demonstration of God's mighty power. And so uh, we don't come from a position of, 
whoa, better watch out, might get, might get off. But at the same time, we do prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. In, in this interest of mine, I've certainly heard all kinds of stories. And some of them were very bizarre. In this interest of mine, I've heard people tell things that said, God did this and God did this. And I thought, no, he didn't. <laughs> that was your pizza. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was one of those kind of dreams. That wasn't uh, a revelation from heaven. And certainly these things exist and we're not ignorant. The fact that things are crazy in some situations and we should judge everything. But at the same time, I still want to see God move continually. One of the things that the Lord has on my heart to do is to teach the Word. And, and I have been, been doing that. I give a lot of attention. I love it. Love to explain. Love to, to teach the principles of God's kingdom. Talk about the very nature of God and, and, and so many things. All right? But here's the deal. The end of that, I'm not satisfied unless it leads to an individual understanding and then experiencing God for themselves. Okay, I don't want to teach to this end that everyone who listens becomes an expert on a subject. They have correct theology, but they don't have life, and they don't have a move of the Spirit in their own life. You understand what I'm talking about? It's possible to teach things in such a way that it doesn't produce anything. All right. When Jesus taught, they marveled. They said, what's the deal with this? He speaks with authority. There's something here. And he would speak, and things would happen. He would teach, and God would show up. And that's what I'm all, all about. All right? Not just the deadness of a letter, but the living spirit being involved in each and every one of our lives. Now, maybe some of you are like this too. I have a feeling that that would be the case. That some of you are also interested in seeing God work in your life, through your life, around you, wherever you go, in church. You just want to see God-level activity. You want to see Him helping people and healing and saving and delivering and providing and setting free and answering prayers. And, and, and that's also something that burns within you. I would guess, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that as I'm talking about it, the Spirit of God says yes inside of you. Because that's the right way. It's the way things are supposed to be. God doesn't want to be hidden. He doesn't want to be contained in a box. He doesn't want to be behind some kind of invisible shield where you can never know that he's alive and that he's real, but someday you'll see him in heaven. Absolutely not. He wants to be involved and active and working now and every single day of our lives. Okay? If that's a new thought to you, good. If it's, you're on board with me, then, then, then you're probably thinking this way. You probably at times have these questions. Okay, I've seen stuff. I've experienced God. He's moved in my life. How can I have more of that? Is there anything I could do to facilitate, if you will, a greater move of God's Spirit in my life every day? Is there anything I can do? How can I cooperate so what I have seen, I can see more of? Does that interest anybody? Uh, this is how, I'm just telling you, this is how I think. This is, how, this is what stirs in me all the time. This is the way, like I said, I, I pray. I believe God is working continually, and I need to recognize it to increase it. Jesus made this statement. Many of you are familiar with this verse over in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. He said, Ask and you 
and it will be given to you. He said, seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. So if I am, I'm going to focus on that middle phrase for a moment. If I will seek after something, what's going to happen? I'm going to find it. Jesus said that would be the case. Okay, no doubt at all that that's true with God. If someone seeks after God, they will find him. That, it happens in remote parts of the earth with not even anyone, anybody there. Someone seeks after God and he sends someone to him. I mean, God most certainly operates by this principle. But you can see it happening even in our daily lives. Have you ever gone shopping for a certain type of car? And you said, oh, I want one of those. And I want, you know, the blue one. I want the, the and, and up until that time, you hadn't really been thinking about it, but maybe you did a little research or you, were, you found yourself, you know, able to see one, drive one, something. You thought, you know, I'm going to find me one of those. I want one of those blue cars. And after you did that, you started noticing they're all over town. And you thought you were going to be one of the very few individuals that had that particular model and that color. And, 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 and you realize because you set your mind on it, you started seeing them all over. Now, what's the deal? The moment you wanted one, did everyone else go and buy one? Did they start pumping them out of the factory the moment you set your heart on it? No. What? They were always there. You just started seeing them. You just started recognizing what had been the case. You know, you go, you're in the market to, to buy a house. All of a sudden, you start, thinking about how, you start thinking about houses for sale. Do you notice on that very same day, half the city put up a for sale sign in their yard? All over your own current neighborhood, everyone started selling. Oh, no, they didn't. They were there. You just kind of didn't pay attention to it before. But now that you're seeking that, you start to see that. All right. You think it could also be true that God is doing some things that we've been missing? That He's been saying, He's been working, He's been operating, and we've been driving right by it for years. And we didn't acknowledge it, we didn't recognize it, and therefore it didn't have much of an impact on our personal life. And I think if we give attention to this, it will make these things increase more and more. One of the elements that makes an individual effective in reaching others for Christ, in being an, an accurate example and, and, and witness of, of who God really is, is when a person has God actively working in their own personal life. I can't represent him correctly or accurately if I have no spiritual activity in my life. Does that, does that make sense? But, but, but when, uh, when I have an ongoing experiential relationship with God, I can represent him clearly and accurately. I can do so in the right way. God and his kingdom must be real to you. Must be. In order for you to rep- represent him in a correct way. Uh, in the Old Testament, we read about Israel coming from Egypt to the promised land and their lack of food in the middle there. And one of the things that the Lord did for them is he rained out manna from heaven, right? He gave them angel food, right? They woke up every morning and there was this manna all over the ground. They would go out and pick it up and collect it and they would have enough food for that day. 
What's interesting to me about that is they were not able to, they were not permitted to store up that manna for the next day. Why? Well, uh, it's not the way the Lord wanted it to work. What would happen is the food would rot. Other than on the sixth day, of course, it would last over into the Sabbath. Uh, but, the fo- but the food would rot, it would spoil, and, <coughs> and they weren't able to, to live off the previous day's supply, off the previous day's manna. Okay? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so just like bread is to our physical bodies, God's word is to our faith. It is like spiritual food, Right? And like, and just how they weren't able to live off what happened the day before and the previous week and just store up all this natural food for themselves to eat, it is true with us that we're not supposed to also live off yesterday's revelation. We're not supposed to live off yesterday's food. In other words, we're supposed to eat every single day. We're supposed to have an ongoing experiential relationship with God and receive His words on a daily basis, and that's where it stays fresh with us individuals who are not current and they talk about God moved in my life last year God revealed this God answered a prayer for me three years ago okay that's concerning to me not to discount the validity and the impact that that event had on your life certainly we all have experiences where some are greater than others and more moving and impacting and I don't mean like the manna that those experiences wrought by any means but I, what I am saying is there is a desire there is a, a move of the Spirit of God where He would reveal Himself to us daily where we have such a living relationship with Him that we recognize He is moving all the time, that there are blue cars everywhere, and He is endeavoring to get us to see what He is doing. All right? Now, uh, a person, an individual, is no less saved if they didn't have have a prayer answered today. They're no less saved if they don't have some sort of experience from God, a, a, a mighty move of God in their life in recent weeks, right? However, not less saved, but are they less anything else? Probably less excited. Probably less enthusiastic. Probably less effective in their witness for Christ. In their example of who he is. You think about it. When you hear from heaven. Man when you see God do exactly what you asked him to do. When you, when you have God working and demonstrating and showing himself strong on a regular basis. It does something to you. You just pray different man. You live different. When the subject of Jesus comes up. There's a twinkle in your eye. Uh, you know there there is an excitement there there is something that's in you that that that, that you can tell that it's alive but when it was last year when it was five years ago I don't mean again that it wasn't real or wasn't valid it just doesn't feel the same today did anybody find Mark chapter 5 all right we're ready to begin then Mark chapter 5, Jesus had just set this uh, man free of demon possession. So he was messed up, doing a lot of ugly things. Mark chapter 5, verse 18, and when he got into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. Makes sense. Seems logical. 
Doesn't seem like a bad request. However, Jesus did not permit him. Said, no, you're not getting in the boat, man. But said to him, look what he said. Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. What's the word? Go home and tell them what happened. Don't just be satisfied that you're free and you're, you're happy and, and you want to ride in the boat with Jesus and stay. No, you go home and you tell everybody you know. You tell all your friends what the Lord did for you. That's interesting that the Lord would give him that instruction. That this is the will of God for any person who has been touched by him. For any person that has been saved or healed or delivered, they had a prayer answer. God worked and moved in their life. What does the Lord want them to do? Go home and tell your friends what happened. Is that different than go home, turn on a movie, kick back, enjoy? No, no. That's not what his assignment. You go home and you tell it. What should you and I do when God works in our lives? We should go find people that we can tell what God did. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be, uh, have some great, huge education in, in the scriptures or in spiritual things. You just need to do this. You have to tell what happened to you. That's the will of God. All right, now, look with me at Acts. The book of Acts chapter 10. Acts, the 10th chapter. helps if you'll look at it for yourself. And notice over here in verse 38. It writes, uh, Luke writes here, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So sickness would be demonic oppression. Uh, Verse 39, And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Stop for a moment. What did he say they are? He said, we are witnesses of these things. In other words, we saw it. We were there. We have firsthand knowledge of what happened with Jesus, firsthand experience of what took place here. Uh, Verse 40, him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to who? But to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. All right? And so God didn't show everybody this, but he showed certain people, and apparently it was God's design. He said, Uh, That he picked people out to see it. How many know if you see something that God does, you are an eyewitness uh, account of a move of the Spirit of God, of of something that the Lord does. It not only should be enjoyed and we should be thankful for it and whoop, whoop, this is good, this is God. We also have have a responsibility to share what we saw with someone else. He said, we were chosen by God to see this. 
God had us in the right place at the right time so we would be eyewitnesses of what he was doing. Why? Just because, well, you're blessed. You got to see it. Nobody else got to see it. You got to see it and feel good about that the rest of your life. No, there's a responsibility there. You saw God work. You saw God move. Now he has a plan for you to tell someone else what you saw. Verse 42. Did I read that one already? And he ordained, uh, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it was he, uh, that, that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets, prophets witnessed that through his name, whoever believes in his name will receive remission of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, look, fell on all those who heard the word. What is, what, what is Peter doing? He's telling what he saw. He's just saying, listen, listen, you guys, we were there. This is what happened. This is what we saw. That was the Lord's command to them. You guys need to share what you see. And when he just shared what he saw, he just expressed his personal experience and what he observed, the Spirit of God used that and fell on the people. Oh, yeah. If you've ever had the Holy Spirit fall on you, you liked it. <laughs> it was good. Fall on me again. Oh, yeah. How, why did the Holy Spirit fall on those people? Okay. Watch. It wasn't just random. Some people have the idea that, well, when God wants to move, he's just going to move. When God decides to do something, we sit back and we say, go get them, God. You go. <laughs> You go, God, and, 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 and you do this. No, no, that's not how the Spirit of God works. That's not how he moves, okay? Peter told what he saw. He was an eyewitness. He was testifying of what God did, and God used that testimony to fall on more people. Yeah. You know, that's how, how, how the Spirit of God moves all the time. It's not in the absence of, of speaking that he moves. It's in connection with it. The Lord confirms his word with signs following. All right. He does what? Confirms his word. What word? The word that was spoken by the people. I, I know in, individuals have said things to me before when, he, when hearing about healings, because they happen all the time, about people getting healed in their body. And I say, well, why do you always, you always have all this stuff? Why, why are things always happening like that? They say, the church I go to, we don't ever have healings. We don't ever hear, hear, you know, have stories of people being healed. Why would God do it in your church but not in, uh, not in my church, this individual says. I say, well, well, how often do you guys talk about it? Well, um, never. Think that's connected? Think there's any connection to the fact that we teach on, talk about God healing people's bodies, and we see it happen all the time, and you never talk about it, and you never see it. I think there's a connection here. I, you know, <laughs> It seems to me that when someone gives attention to something, they seek after it, they pursue that, that God uses that and shows himself in that way. And when someone takes what they have heard, what they have seen, and they declare it, it lights a fire, and it gives God space, if you will, to manifest in that way. 
You see, the Lord's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. If you give him a little space to move, he'll try to get in there and move. But if you ignore a whole bunch of what he wants to do, he just won't show up in that way. You know, a couple years ago, uh, uh, we had an individual come and, and they were friends with someone and they, and, and they had all kinds of problems in their life with the food that they could eat. Uh, allergies, gl- I think believe it was, a, it was a gluten allergy, which I didn't even know gluten was a thing until a couple years ago. I thought it was just wheat, but uh, anyway. <laughs> and, uh, and they weren't able to eat. Th- and, and this person said something to them like, uh, you know, the Lord can heal you of that. You can be set free of that. And they were curious and they said, well, yeah, how does that work? Oh, yeah, you just go and uh, they'll pray for you. The people at church will pray for you. And, and then you'll be healed. Oh, okay. And so they did. And they, and they came and, and individuals laid hands on them. And, and I don't actually remember who it was. It was me or someone else. We all, a lot of people doing this around here. And, uh, and they prayed and they said, okay, so what now? In other words, it was no like, whoo, you know, saw a light, felt a warm glow, you know, nothing like that. It was just, the, it was done. They said, well, now we go eat. Okay. And so they did. And they went out and ate the thing that they couldn't eat. And it was totally normal. And they could eat anything they wanted. And so they came back and told that story. And, and, and shared the testimony. And other people, come to find out, other people have that problem. And they heard that testimony and said, what? You mean you can be healed of things like that? Yeah. And you know what happened? And then they got healed. And then they shared their story. And other people heard it. And all of a sudden, everybody's eating. And people are gaining weight. And uh, No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that part of it. But uh, I'm just telling you, it spread... It like had a snowball effect and other people are hearing and then their faith gets stirred and sparked and then they receive and others hear it. What's the key to this? What's the key? It, when it starts, you tell it. When anything that God does, when anything he says, any move of the Spirit, you receive it, you're thankful for it, you're glad, and you share it with somebody else. And what happens is it keeps going and many, many people are touched and changed. That's how the gospel got started in the early church. That's how it, that's the reason we're here today. Amen. And so, what's your testimony? What has God done for you? Is that a good question? Who are you telling? When's the last time you told someone? When you speak out of your personal experience of what God has done for you, listen, it carries a bunch of weight. It carries weight with people because they, you're like real. You're the real person instead of someone on the box, you know, someone on TV that they don't know and it's scripted and everything else. And people, they are, listen, people are trying to move our thinking all day long trying to create a certain philosophy of life and how we view the world and we are buying into it because we're watching the we're watching it as entertainment and our minds are shifting listen someone's got to have a real life experience with God and you share it with someone and you're standing right in front of them you're you're right there in the room you're the genuine article that's hard to deny and I'm telling you, uh, God is moving. He is moving tremendously and wants to do so much more. Let me read a few verses to you. Acts 20, verse 24. Paul, Paul said here, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify 
to the gospel of the grace of God. What were you doing, Paul? What was your assignment? What was your job? I'm just going to testify. He got saved. Oh, God forgive, forgave him, washed his sins away, set his feet on solid ground. And he said, this is my job. I'm going to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Luke chapter 7, verse 22. This is when John the Baptist was imprisoned. And he was, made, he was questioning things and asking about Jesus, whether he really was who he thought he was. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard. That the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. What are they supposed to tell John? You guys need to study. You guys need to get in there and dig and get some revelation, get some new things. So John will be dazzled by your outstanding oratory skills. (laughs) No, he said, just go tell John what's happening, man. Go in there and tell John what you've been seeing. Go tell him what's been going on. You think we could do that? I think anyone is qualified to do that. Don't tell what you don't know. Tell what you do. Don't say what hasn't happened. Say what you have seen. What you have experienced. Amen. And God uses that. What happens when you do? The Spirit of God falls on people. And they're thankful. Amen. You think about it. What effect could a few people have on an unbeliever i mean uh, two or three people that had an experience with god where god answered their prayer god healed their body god provided their needs god gave them a job god turned their life around in some way and they experienced it firsthand and they were just uh, instead of just you know preaching to them all kinds of stuff they didn't relate to they just told them god loves you and this is what he did for me you know, I, I did this, and I, I received Jesus, and he did this for me. And you know me. I mean, like, we work together. You see me all the time. So I'm not, you know, I'm no phony baloney here. This, this really happened. And you know how I, how I used to come in here limping all the time and how I don't anymore? You're the, you're the real thing. Instead of listening in, in, the, in the world, and like I said, things come through television, things come through the education system, but uh, so much of it is, you know, you're just an accident of nature. You know, you're just a random mutation, and you ended up going from the goo to the zoo to you, and, and you know, and, and, and here we are, and there's no real purpose for your existence. You're about to be just gone and gone forever. People are being told this all day long about how insignificant they are, how they, they have no purpose in life, and how none of that is real. But here we are. Well, what are you talking about, man? God just did this for me, and I just prayed for this person, and their tumor disappeared. What are you going to do with that? How's that figure in all, in all this nothingness and this random chance and everything and nothing? There's no purpose for anything. Hallelujah. Everybody Okay. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3 reads, That which we have seen and heard declare we to you. What are you and I supposed to be talking about? What we've seen and what we've heard. That you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship was with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. If someone else is going to be able to have that same fellowship with God, how are they going to get it? Because you and I testified to what we've seen. We told the story of what happened to us. We told the story of how God moved in our lives. He answered our prayer. He healed our body. He moved and did something in our lives, and that's all we did. 
I mean, these brilliant apostles, they started the church. We got their books. We're reading their material today. What was their main focus? We just told, told people what God did. We told people what we saw. That doesn't even sound hard. But I know this. God will move in your life, not just for the sake of you, but for the sake of everyone for whom your testimony will impact. He always intended to be, for it to be that way. He does something in me, and I tell you and now you've got something to act on and now he'll move in you and you'll tell someone else what happened to you and then they'll believe what happened to you and God will move in their life and 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 then they'll have something happen to them and then they'll tell someone else what happened to them it's pretty pretty good system you know and none of it is out there in theory land it's all in I have a living, experiential relationship with God. He promised me things, and he comes through on it. I pray, and he listens to me, and he acts, and he moves. Amen. There are so many things that that take place just when we give attention to what we're supposed to. You're looking for that car, and there it is. You're looking for him, and there he is. He's been moving all this time, but now we look for him. We put our attention there. And he showed up. Amen. Like I told you some couple years ago uh, about this story one day when I was in a gym and talking to this woman who had this disease and she was in great pain. And I talked to her about the Lord and I talked to her about by his stripes you were healed. And I said you can be healed before you walk out of here today. And we're having this conversation and right in the middle of it she stopped. She said while you're talking this pain it's all leaving me right through my legs. I never prayed, I never spoke to it, never called on the Lord. We just gave attention to the healer. And he began, he, the spirit, we could say it this way. He fell on her while we were talking. Who did? The healer did. Yeah. The disciples after the resurrection of Jesus, when some had seen him and others had not, and they were hiding out and talking about what had happened in that room with the doors closed, and they were talking about the Lord and talking about what some had seen, and in the middle of that, what happened? Jesus showed up. He showed up right in the middle of them as they were talking about him. What are you talking about? (laughs) What's your conversation about? Come on now. I mean, we can just be like the world, talk about everything else in life, and just talk about the weather, and just talk about stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you, we've got to include what we've seen and heard from the Lord. And when we do, He shows up. He's looking for something to ride. And if you'll say it, He'll surf it. Huh? He'll go to work moving on your participation in his, his workings. Hallelujah. Wow. Go to Revelation 12. We'll finish over there. Revelation, last book in the Bible, chapter 12. Now, here's the thing. In order for us to testify, testify, that's our job. We're just testifying. We have to first recognize God. We have to recognize His grace. We have to recognize Him moving. The only way we're going to do that is we have to open our eyes intentionally to it. Now, some things, some moves of God are so obvious, you know, hard to deny that kind of thing. 
But there are so many ways that God is working in our lives each and every day, and we blow right past it. Don't acknowledge it. Don't even recognize that he did it. But he, he saved us. He gave us ideas. He protected us. He helped us. He gave us a parking spot. He, you know what I'm talking about? I don't want to minimize the smallest demonstrations of God's grace because I know that in acknowledging them, I open myself to experiencing greater demonstrations of God's grace. But if I'm not going to say anything as God unless someone is walking on the water, I'm going to miss a whole lot of what God is doing. And not only that, I acknowledge Him in small areas, I also set myself up to experience Him in greater things. Because here's the deal. It is no more difficult for God to get you a parking spot close to the door on a snowy, rainy, windy, cold day than it is to make that tumor disappear. It is no more difficult. It is all the same. It is just the grace and power of God which is unlimited. Are you listening to me now? We can exercise ourselves towards this. Uh, my daughter and I, our, our oldest daughter is at college. We sometimes, we, we talk about these things on the, uh, on the phone. And we just kind of laugh about it. I, I call it, the one I call it parking grace. And she tells me how she experiences parking grace. And, and she, she said, and I just keep getting this spot. And it just, things just open up for me. She told me the other day, I, I don't remember what she called it, but it was like apartment grace. Because she really got, with her apartment, she got this great favor, and it was, without going into all the story, but she just, she's learning to do this. You just start acknowledging God. You have any excuse, say, what if it was just a chance and it wasn't really God? Then the Lord will forgive you. But here's what I bet. I bet it's a lot of times, it's God moving far more than we realize. We just didn't know there were so many stinking blue cars around town. But we started paying attention to him and said, that was God. Man, that was God. Oh, that was God right there. Do you see how he did that for me? And he's doing all kinds of stuff for you. You're not even asking for it. But he loves you. It's, he's just being kind and gracious. And watch, as you do, as you acknowledge him, as you see him, as you give place to him, you're going to see it more and more. And then the magnitude of these demonstrations increase. Oh, he got me a parking lot. Oh, he got me a better deal in the apartment. And oh, my eye that used to not see, it's open now. We've seen all that stuff, haven't we? Hallelujah. Revelation 12 verse 11 reads, And they overcame him, him the devil, by the blood of the Lamb. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. That, that's what, what paid the price for all of us. But how did they overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. There's three things there, but this is very important. This one right in the middle. What did they do? The word of their testimony caused them to overcome. You know, a big part of me living an overcoming life and not being run over by the enemy and the devil and all his activities is me acknowledging and saying by me testifying of every good thing that God does. When I will say it, I, I, I settle myself in victory. 
when God moves and answers me and I testify of it, it becomes even more concrete in my own heart that the enemy can't take it away. Jesus taught us the enemy comes. The devil comes immediately to try to steal God's words out of people's hearts. So we hear it, we receive it, we enjoy it, we experience it, we say it, we testify and we tell others. When we do that, I tell you, it is part of the overcoming life. And this thing, man, think about it when we're all doing this on a regular basis. We're all just talking about, oh, God moved here. God answered this prayer. And we're telling as many people as we have opportunity. God answers one prayer, and we tell ten people. What happens there? Man, the Spirit of God gets to fall on ten people. He takes that word, that work in your life, and spreads it to others. It will increase in our own lives, and it will increase in the lives of others. Don't let what God do die with you. Where you enjoy it, you're thankful for it, but then it's the end. No period. God did it, and end it, close the book, done. No, God did it, and that just began a whole new beginning of the work of God in my life, continually, and in people around me. That's the way it's supposed to be. Amen. We're going to play for you uh, these testimonies that we've been, we've been sharing on uh, the radio recently. Listen to these three testimonies now. I was married for 25 years. My husband came home and decided he didn't want to be married anymore. I was blindsided by that. And a friend invited me to Life Church, and I started coming on Wednesday nights. And it was awesome. Focus was just on grace and love and who God is in that way. It's been three years, and I am walking with a hope in Him that I never knew before. What I appreciate so much about Life Church is that they love you right where you are, and that they continue to teach you about the grace and love of Christ. I'm excited about the future God has for me. I'm taking it one day at a time. And even though everything about my old life completely blew up, I have hope in Christ. Hi, this is Pastor Mark of Life Church. If you're struggling, asking questions, or crying out to God for answers, keep listening to KTSY and check out Life Church on Eagle Road or one of the many amazing churches in the Treasure Valley. Real life starts here. I was involved with a, um, a white supremacist prison gang, and the Lord told me, hey, you have to quit that. And I told one of the leaders, I said, hey, you know, um, I'm on my own now. I'm not part of this anymore. I mean, the Lord and all his goodness, you know, must have touched that man's heart because he said, good for you. Don't come back. I got out, and um, I started attending another church. And so I mentioned it to my wife. Hey, what do you know about this life church? And she had told me that she had gone a couple times. And uh, she said, man, it was a really good church. It was really, really awesome. You know, and I was like, what do you think? Let's go check it out this Sunday. And she goes, yeah, let's do it. During that first first service I ever attended at this church, you know, and I was like, man, this is it. And I told my wife, this is our church. She goes, yes, it is. This church taught me how to have full potential spiritual connection with God on a level that I've never had in my entire life. Hi, this is Pastor Mark of Life Church. Real life starts here. About a year ago, I got out of a relationship with someone who I thought I was going to marry. 
you know, I fell into partying and I fell into marijuana very, very hard and drinking. I was driving in my car one day and I don't know what it is with Plum. I was listening to Need You Now on KTSY and it was on my way to a party and I ended up not going to that party when I heard that song. I turned around and went home and everything kind of changed. I started trying to attend different churches and I came to life and for the first time in a very long time, I could definitely say Life Church made me feel like I was home. I love God very much and he pulled me out of the hole I was in and he made me realize that the things that I did wrong in my relationship is acts of being human and are definitely forgiven for and it wasn't who I was. Hi, this is Pastor Mark of Life Church. If you're struggling, asking questions, or crying out to God for answers, keep listening to KTSY and check out Life Church. Thank you. Hallelujah. Now listen. We want, and I want to challenge every single person, let's stir this up. God wants to use what happened to you. We need to, we need to hear your story. We need to hear what happened to you, whatever it is. How did God change your life? In all areas, in all areas, whether it's answered prayer and healing and things of that nature, turning a marriage around, turning your life around, your salvation, your baptism, your, uh, all these things. We want to hear your story. We want to do this with some of them, some of them, what we've already done. We want to make more uh, uh, radio ads and things like that with, with some of them. Some of them work better for that type of thing. Um, and so if you would do that, Go to the website and, and, and send in, write, write out what happened to you. We want to have loads and loads of them. Some of them we'll, we'll continue reading like we do all the time. We'll read them in services. Some of them will work better for uh, uh, radio ads. But specifically for that purpose, like these three, yours doesn't have to be their same story by any means. But it's individuals that came here and your life was turned around. And how did that happen? What, what went on there? What was going on? Your story will impact other people. And when you tell what God did, did for you, here comes the Holy Spirit. He's about to sit on some people. Mm-hmm. Bam. And they'll be glad. Amen. This is, what, this is one of the ways that God wants to use every single one of us to reach the world. And to be an accurate witness because He wants to work in people's lives.